Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by truth, those who never deceive, whose words are sure, they will receive Yahweh's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God. They will seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. Now, in the New King James, right after that, you would see the word selah, or selah, which means it's, it's a pause to think about it. I love what the Passion says. It says, pause in his presence. Do you take time to pause in his presence? Such a beautiful expression. <clears throat> so wake up, you living gateways. You're, you're a living gateway. You are a living gateway. The kingdom of God is within you. The presence of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, you are a gateway. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. <laughs> Welcome the King of glory. He is about to come through you. You ask, who is the King of glory? I want to say that again. He is about to come through you. You ask, who is this King of glory? Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. So wake up you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The king of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is the king of glory? He is Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, the invincible commander of, the heaven, of heaven's host. Yes, he is the king of glory. Pause in his presence. So Jesus, you are the king of glory. The kingdom of God is within you because Jesus lives in you. It is seen in everyday life by those who trust him, those of us who trust him and live in him, for he is about to come through you. To be seen in you. Luke 17, 20, and 21 been going through the book of Luke in my quiet times and just all kinds of wonderful truth nuggets have been coming out. But Luke 17, 20 and 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you doesn't come with observation. It's not in a place. It is seen in us as we stay present in his presence. As we allow his life to flow through us and the power of the Holy Spirit. Abiding, yielding, obeying, trusting, listening, waiting. 
you have the time to be fully present with him in all of these ways, in all of these areas. We are then dependent upon his power and grace all of our days. His kingdom is not a fixed location, but is in us because God's spirit dwells in us. Living in his kingdom as sons and daughters, we have boldness. Acts 4.13, when the religious leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John, that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled because they had been with Jesus. Boldness and confidence, then, is all-outspokenness, all cheerful courage, bold assurance to speak openly. When we're staying present in his presence, we're living dependent upon him in his power and life. Nothing shakes us because he's our anchor. I've developed a friendship with Travis. Come on up, Travis. The last two months. And uh, honestly, I, I consider you like one of my sons. And God has been doing some amazing things in, in him. And I have to tell you, <laughs> this isn't easy for him to be up here. Mm -mm. So I need you to be like throwing love this way to Travis. Please. Because <laughs> I've asked him to share maybe what some of the fears were that he dealt with in these past few months, but what God did to unlock his heart. So I'm going to stand right here with you, yeah, but, yeah. but you got to do the talking. <laughs> well, I don't know where to start. It, it, it's been a long, rough road for a while. Um, I'm new to the church of five months ago, and... It's been such a great blessing, but it's been hard. And there's no, there's no way for a new believer to know how to do certain things and, and like praying and, and all this. And I'm sitting here praying going, why not me? I want this, me, me, I want this. And things were just not working. Things were, I was losing stuff and about ready to be homeless and jobs and and whatever, and so I got so bad, like depression, that I just I dropped to my knees about three months ago, and I gave it all to God, all of it, because I couldn't hold it anymore. Like it was so hard, and I I I I was listening, and he he said listen, and I started asking questions. Jack and Steve, it's okay to ask questions to God. And so I just said, what do you want me to do today? What, what, what's the message? And now that it's, now fast forward three months, to look back and be blessed with all the people that have been placed in my life and, and all that is incredible. Um, back up a little bit. The fear for me was vulnerability, unaware, unfamiliar, scared, I just, I didn't know. And so giving it throughout the relationship all to God, he's been there. And I look back and I go, oh my gosh, I made it through this. And I didn't know how. I didn't know how I still have a place. My, all this material stuff that I just realized is not important. Yeah. 
I didn't lose. And so this is happening, and I'm, I'm just, I'm being blessed, and I'm not realizing it. And, and all of a sudden, I get this thing in my email for a job interview. I was, I've been out a job for the last five months. It's been rough. And so I interviewed, and it's been great. And I've been blessed to a point to where I had to go through studying and take this massive test. And as of last week, all the fear went away. I passed. I have a job. I started Wednesday. And to look back and realize what God did throughout was to listen to my heart. And Wednesday you started work. And Wednesday I started work. Um, to listen to my heart and listen to God's heart. He never left my side once. So goosebumps. But that's my, and I thank everyone here because you've been so awesome. I want to ask you one more question. Um, so for those of you that may kind of be going through life a little more alone than you need to be, we have life groups. So what is life group meant to you? It's my family. It's, uh, we share so much together. Um, it's, it's family, but it's like a middle of the week rejuvenation to finish the week. Yeah. And I can count on everybody in life group in the church too, but life group are important people that I've come close to. Awesome. Give Travis a hand. Thank you. Susie. Do you want to share now? Do you want me to finish the last little bit? Let's share. <laughs> well, I don't know how we're going to flow, but we're just, I'm, Steve got something from the Lord. I have something from the Lord, and it's up to you to put it together. Okay? It's up to you and the Holy Spirit. Um, so, Father, bless this. Give me clarity to hear what you're saying. I only want to do what you're doing. I only want to say what you're saying, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I want to say this. I love you. I love you. And I have been transformed. And I'm direct. And only because the Holy Spirit is direct with me, I don't know any other way. So I will love you through all the things that you and I will go through together. I call you into relationship with me. If I could, I'd sit by you and look at you in the eye. And I'd smile and I'd say, God is with us. He is for us. So I want to just remind you that we're in a battle. I know you've heard this before. How many times do we have to say this? And you might be tired of hearing it, but I want you to turn on your senses. You're about to be equipped, okay? God is going to drop things here, and we are going to grow together. So 
I want to just remind you, too, that the moment you were born, there was a battle for your soul. The moment you were born. And the Holy Spirit was attracting you to himself. He was constantly doing that. And you're here. You're here. And we're worshiping together. I just want to remind you of this, too. 2 Corinthians 10.4. You have weapons. You have weapons. And you may not know how um, extensive they are. You may not know how powerful they are. But they're more powerful than what you can ever think or imagine on this earth. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And I decree, because God said it, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once our obedience, we as a church, is complete. And I'm going to ask you, is your obedience complete? Is your obedience complete? Just think about that. Because we walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. We walk it out because we fear God. He has called us into his presence. We love him and we fear him and we adore him. And with trembling, we take on the Holy Spirit and we do the work with him. And I want to read you the message translation. I love the message. It's kind of in your face. Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> but um, so about our weapons, but they are the demolishing, excuse me, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. And that's what we're living in right now. But we have weapons that demolish an entire corrupt culture. Are you on board? Are you on board? What? And we use our powerful God tools, still the message. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers, erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion impulse into the structure of life, shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. And I just 
just do this when you get home. Look up the, the uh, message and look up uh, 2 Corinthians 10.4 and read this over yourself. It's powerful. It'll light a fire under you. Because this is where we are, church. This is where we are. And I want to tell you this. The rapture is never meant to rescue the church. The rapture is never meant to rescue us. We don't need rescuing. We have the weapons. Sometimes I see um, an image where um, I'm praying and I'm, I'm uh, talking out into the atmosphere and my mind zooms back for me and I can see the back of my head and uh, I'm releasing these things and the Lord will say, look, look at them go. And I'm releasing words and they're like flying off like little birds but those birds are like arrows, and they are going to where I send them in the spirit. You do too. Did you know that? You are more powerful in the kingdom than you know. If God does exceedingly abundantly all that we can ever ask or think, we are exceedingly abundantly all that he has made. And it's important that we know this because we are the kingdom and it's his power and his glory in us. By the way, let me finish this quote from Johnny Enlow. The rapture is never meant to rescue the church. To believe so is to think God has scripted from eternity a losing storyline. Do you think he would do that? Whatever the rapture is, it is not a reward for a losing battle. We will not lose the battle. How do I know this? How do I know? Jesus never lost anything. You have Jesus within you, the hope of glory. He is changing us, transforming us. It is all about our yes. It's about our response. That's what Steve said. It's all about our response. Matthew 16 18 through 19. Jesus said he will build his church. He will build his church. Are we in the equation? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Does it fall on our strength alone? No. It's through the Holy Spirit. And you should be really assured right now. Confidence should be rising in you right now. 
um, tell your heart to take hold of this. You know, this is just a little back note here. I went to be in health. Man, it was awesome. But um, they opened the service with um, praying off a deaf and dumb spirit. I'm like, what? What is that? And she says, oh, yeah. A deaf and dumb spirit does not want you to know the truth. It will bring cloudiness to your, your mental faculties. It'll, it'll um, make kind of a messages unclear. It'll just bounce right off you and fall to the ground. It'll, you'll be in a fog. It will actually try to lull you to sleep. It'll whisper, you're bored aren't you? And it keeps you unresponsive, disengaged. It will keep you quiet. It'll just dull your voice. That's a deaf and dumb spirit. And I thought about that. Lord, do I have that on me? And so, of course, I repent with that idea. I don't want to make any agreement with that. So I repent. I tell it to go. Um, because I agreed with something that was not of God. And I want you to know I'm not the only one that happens to. We just need to be alert. We have to be alert because we have the mind of Christ. I would say two things we need to be really um, onboarding all the time, daily. And get up and praise the Lord, obviously. But any agreements you might have had, call them off right away. You have the power and authority to do that. And have a repentive heart all day long. All day long. It, it gets rid of the junk, it, the heaviness. When you're in uh, constant repentance. Um, and it just helps you to be uh, engaged with the Lord. And adore him even more. You want nothing between you and him. Nothing. Are you Okay. Not too heavy? You know I love you? Okay. So Jesus said he would build his church. And we're the equation. Now remember when Jesus said to his disciples, who do people say that I am? And then uh, Peter says, well, you're the Christ. And Jesus said, well, you did not hear that on your own. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. And you know what the gates of hell mean? The realm of the dead. Anything that's not godly. Anything that's not godly. 
And I'm going to just give you a commission right now. We don't wait for the gates of hell to come to us. We go to the gates of hell. Because we have divine power to demolish strongholds. I don't know how that lands on your heart. I, if it's fear and you're like, whoa, I don't know if that's too big for me. Well, I want to say to you, enlarge your capacity. Enlarge your capacity. Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be, have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And these are promises. Now, you just got an upgrade because it's in you already. It's in you. You have an arsenal of things in your heart that Jesus just poured over you at salvation. You walked into the kingdom right then. Do any of you truly know your full capacity in the kingdom? I mean, our effectiveness, our competence, really our, our potential. Do we even know? Ask for enlargement of your capacity. Ask for an upgrade of understanding and wisdom. Acts 2.40, I want you to just remember this. Pentecost just happened. Peter addresses the crowd, and then he finishes, and he pleads with the people with this statement. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. It's really about our response. It's about our buy-in. It's about our yes. It's about walking with Holy Spirit. You know you can't do this by yourself. We were never meant to do this by yourself. I mean, Travis says that. I'm, I can't do this. And that word accepted, those who accepted his message, says, I acknowledge you, God. I want this to be an intentional goal in my life. And I want to stay present in your presence. That's it, right there. Teresa has a testimony. I got more to say, but this girl's got fire. We hope. 
fire. I got fire? What? Okay, so I brought my notebook and um, something that I have said many, many times, which we'll talk about again later, but um, is that I have a great capacity to forget things. So I write them down. I've also been told I only have five minutes, so here's hoping. Um, so just a little over a week ago, we went camping with Mama Sue and Papa Steve, a.k.a. my in-laws. Love them. Hit the jackpot. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> genuinely, okay, so we... Aw, oh, thanks. I told you so. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so we go camping, but... What, what that might sound like something really easy, but for someone built like me, that's kind of, you know, challenging because there's a lot of packing and lifting and putting in the car and unpacking and setting up and all that other stuff, which I, I love, but it resulted in me being in a whole lot of pain because I have got some problems with some joints. And um, it had me really tired and worn down, and I was kind of just laying around and sitting around the whole time, which is kind of the point of camping, but it wasn't all I wanted to do, and they recognized that, and I said, well, let's pray about it, and then Papa Steve was like, actually, it should come from your mouth, and I'm like, great, pray for myself, yeah, and um, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I, I wanted to do this, I wanted to pray, and I felt something close my mouth. Like I couldn't open my mouth to speak and pray to my God, who I love and who loves me. And it, first off, it scared me because I'm like, why, is it, why can't I open my, my mouth to speak? And the most amazing thing is that they just sat and waited and it was super awkward. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there like, I can't talk and no one else is talking, but they're expecting me to pray and I should be praying and I want to be released and I can't speak. But what I realized is even if your mouth doesn't open, you can still say, Jesus. You don't have to open your mouth to say that. And after I said that, I was able to say, let go. I wasn't telling Jesus to let go. But I said it over and over again, just let go. And then I, I got a little bolder and I said, in Jesus' name, let me go. And whatever it was, did, which is amazing. Um, I, got, I got even even bolder, and I started saying things like, "I'm a daughter of the King, and you have no right," which is true. And, and I don't know if anyone heard it, but I was saying, I said, "I am a princess." Okay, like I wrote this down because it, it was. You'll hear it. it. says, I'm not a high-maintenance, demanding, narcissistic, pretty girl princess. No, I am an authority-carrying, empowered, fully-loved daughter of the king princess. Right? Um, and then, of course, I went on to, to, you know, actually pray for the pain, which was alleviated to a certain extent, which was amazing. Um, I was able to speak and sing, and I started talking to God. I'm like, okay, Father... I'm the children's pastor. I'm I'm a worshiper. Like I wasn't on the team today, but I often am. I I have a life group in my home. How did this happen? <laughs> like <laughs> like genuinely, I was embarrassed and would have rather forget it. You know, my great capacity for forgetting. I can't forget this one because I was set free, and that's amazing. But he revealed to me. I went to the the Be in Health thing this weekend, and. 
amongst the speaking, God also spoke to me because he does that a lot. And he kind of revealed some things that I have been saying to myself, which probably shouldn't. Things like when I'm on worship, I'm like, yes, I want to sing and praise God, but I don't want to hear myself. I'll turn my own voice way down you know, on the phone or whatever. I'd be like, it's like, they don't have to hear me. God hears me, and that's good enough, you know? Or I'm actually going gonna, gonna to share with you guys because you can't, you can't get healing from something or be set free from something if you keep it hidden, you know? But, like, I regularly for my entire life have said, shut up, Teresa. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Over and over again, I have said it out loud. I have said it to myself, and I have meant it. It's a lie. It's garbage. Yeah, I absolutely. I break, break off any agreement with that, and I have continued to. Um, I, had, I did. I had to repent for leaving that opening. I created a very, a very wide opening for exactly what happened to me. I let something in that I shouldn't, and I was so embarrassed about it initially that I wasn't going to tell anybody, and then my lovely mama Sue is like, so you want to share your testimony? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> Just shaking my head, but, but I'm here, and I did it, and I'm glad. But um, as I was preparing to, to talk about this, um, I was kind of convicted of something else, and I would like to repent for that, too. And that's essentially praising the forgetfulness that was caused by brain damage I got in college. I joke about it. I say things like, I have a great capacity to forget. And how many times do you say that before it it actually sinks in? So, yeah, I break off agreement with that in Jesus' name. Father, forgive me for partnering with that and leaving that opening. I remember. Yeah, does anybody have that same problem or something like that? We can pray. Well, let's pray together. You don't have to repeat after me or anything because that's super awkward for everybody, but... But I just say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the honesty, and I thank you for people's vulnerability here. I thank you that you have given us brains that are capable of remembering things. We don't agree with the fact that we are forgetful. We don't accept it. It's not from you. And I don't know if forgetfulness is a spirit, but if it is, well, you best get out. We are children of the king. You have no right. You have no right. Get out in Jesus' name. And I just thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing in everybody, whether they raise their hand or not, that our minds are renewed, (laughs) that we can remember whatever we are supposed to remember in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I'm not done. Shelly says, I'm not done. Yeah. Because uh, I think there's a lot of men and women who have listened to the lie that they have no voice. So that needs to be addressed. Yeah, is there anyone here who feels like they don't have a voice or that their voice has been taken from them? Because I have felt that. 
Yeah. Even sometimes we can't agree with that. You have a voice given to you by the Father. Jesus is called God the Word. You know? Oh, I don't know if you guys heard that, but he said that, that the church is being told that they don't have a voice. And I think that that's really true in our society. Can I be up here with you? So we repent, Father, as a church, that we have said we don't have a voice. We repent of that. And we renounce it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we, we then call in the peace of Christ in our voice. And we proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ saves. And we take that on in gladness. Bless you all. <laughs> so share those four. I have been instructed. Water's putting the fire out. I will rage on. Here we go. (laughs) Well, is there anything, is there anything that can stifle from enlarging our capacity? Well, and I just came up with four, but I'm sure there's more. You know, in your own personal life, think about it. What has stifled Enlarging my capacity in the Holy Spirit and who I am and who I know God to be. So believing lies about Father or ourselves or making agreements. How often have you made agreements with the whisperings? This is real. This is legit, but you have the power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ to tell it to go. And you can repent of it because you agreed with something that was not of God. So just be real about it. It doesn't make you lesser. It, make, it, it means that you're in the kingdom. Yeah. Another one. Restricting Holy Spirit's flow in ourselves because we prefer our own way to process things. Restricting Holy Spirit's flow in us because we prefer the way we process. I'm telling you, that will shut down any upgrade Holy Spirit wants to light on our heart if we have our hand out no 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 wait lord i'm not ready for that i'm not ready for that uh let me think about it for a while i'll get back to you or i'll pray about it when you know holy spirit is saying it to you another one not knowing the word of god from the time that you came to the Lord, lots of people have said, read your Bible, read your Bible. It's not a cliche. And this one, demonic influence. 
people, we just need to know the adversary and how he works. I can't stand it when people say, let's not give Satan credit. No, you need to know how he works. The schemes and the very things you agreed with, you give a testimony about it. You say, wow, I agreed with this. I repented, and then I renounced it. I told it to go in the name of Jesus. You tell somebody that. You, do you know why? The power of the testimony. He's a, Father is always looking for a response to him. Always. He's looking for our response. So part of the uh, thing I'd like to close with is uh, it has to do with us being activated in listening to the Holy Spirit when we're carrying out his kingdom work. And um, again, I was going through um, Luke, and in Luke 18, 18, I came across this sentence, now a certain ruler asked him. And in Matthew, it talks about a rich young ruler. So it's the same, same story, but that word certain, little word certain. The word certain means one, as opposed to many. And then as I went back and I scammed through the first few chapters of Luke and then looked in Matthew and Mark, I came across this same word. A certain scribe came and said to him, Matthew 8, 19, Mark 12, 42, then one poor widow, that word one is the same word certain in the, in the um, Strong's Concordance, Luke 5, 12, and it happened when he was in a certain city, Luke 5, 17, now it happened on a certain day, Luke 18, 18, that I read earlier. Now a certain ruler asked him. And it hit me that God doesn't do random. Certain means one. One place, one time, one person. We sang about one earlier, that God would leave the 99 and go after the one. So God is a God of detail. Places, times, people, he specifically chooses a certain person to reach out and to reveal himself to a location, a period of time to convey truth, to heal, to draw people to himself, to his kingdom, to reveal who he is and why he came. Jesus positions himself for the one. God's kingdom is vast, yet he knows how many hairs are on our head. God's, God is into details, loving people in specific specific ways. Jesus told the story of the shepherd who left the 99 sheep to go after the one which was lost, and he rejoiced when he found him. Jesus also, when the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years reached out and touched him to be healed, he said, who touched me? Yet many were brushing against him, but yet he knew the one that reached out to be healed. All things are possible with God, and his kingdom of God is within us. You and I are born again, filled by his Holy Spirit, when we 
invite the Holy Spirit to come in and fill us when we ask Jesus Christ to be our Savior and Lord. You are his sons and daughters in his kingdom with a full access to the throne of grace by the Lord Jesus Christ. You have everything you need for life and godliness. You need to speak those things over yourself. You have everything you need. You do not lack. Jesus is not a savior that lets us going around begging as if we don't have what we need to live in his kingdom. You have everything you need for life and godliness. You and I can be present with him to reach out to the one at a specific time and place because we are children, sons and daughters in his kingdom. We don't have to wait until what we perceive to be a a perfect time, a perfect place, a perfect situation. Somebody stopped by our house today, and Susie was talking to the lady. She was saying, what a beautiful garden you have. And I was over at my truck, and right when I looked at them, the Holy Spirit gave me a word. But yet, they're getting back in their car, and they're driving away. Time, place, a certain person. And I said, Lord, I can't let this go by, what you, just, what, what you just said to me. So as they're driving in front of the house away, I'm flagging them down. They thought I was waving at first. But I'm flagging them out, and I'm pointing towards my driveway, like, please come back in my driveway. And he did. And I walked over to his car, and I gave him the word, and then he asked me to pray for them, and I prayed for them. You know, we never know when somebody's going to pull in our driveway. We don't know when we're going to be at the store and, and the cashier is going to open up to us. Um, the Holy Spirit told me again today, you always have time to yield to me. That's what the king, being in the kingdom looks like. Always having time to yield. All the things that Susie said, are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready to be activated? Would you stand with with us, please? I want you to pray over them. Put your hand on your heart. Father, we stand before you. We adore you. Open our ears, Lord, that we may hear. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may see. You have greater things for us to do because you went to the Father. You have given us everything. You are everything to us. And I I break off the death 
deaf and dumb spirit. I break you off and we repent for agreeing to listening to you. You have said, oh, look over here and not look to the Lord. And we are your people. Say, I am your child. I will do the work of the kingdom because I love you. We are so thankful to you. Because we live in this time period to do the mighty work of God through your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for all that you are. And we gladly take the commission because we live in your family. And you will do it through us. You will grow your church. You will dispel the work of the enemy. And with gladness, we say yes. Amen. If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about the loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.